Hello everybody, it's me Ross and welcome back to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social, the fourth serving of the Kings of Anglia podcast this week. Hope you're enjoying all this content, it's been um, a whirlwind of the week and um, today we've got another Fan Social with three fine gentlemen that are joining me. We've got Chris Peach making his debut, Bloomers and good old David. Um, we're going to be discussing of course the Cheltenham draw, we have the Masters, our town Masters team, uh, I've got the guys to... Think of six players over the age of 35 and also pick a manager. Um, of course, we're going to look ahead to Morecambe and also bring you the strike. Who is going to win the strike this week? We shall wait and see. I want to go and introduce the man making his debut first of all, and that is good old Chris Peach. He's been making appearances on game day. He's now making his appearance on the fan social. Chris, how are you, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. Had a good day at work and happy to make him a debut on the fan social. So I'm sure it's going to be interesting. Yes, man. You've got a nice backdrop, you know. You've got everything sort of set up. You've got your retro town shirt on. Um, is, yep. is that one of your favourite shirts? It is definitely one of the first shirts I ever had. Not Obviously not this one, but this one's oh, was a bit small. But I had um, number 10 Marshall on the back. So, yeah. 93 season. 93, 94, 92, 93. One of them two. Definitely yeah. with the mullet. But um, it's good to have you on the show, mate. And um, we're going to expand on the Cheltenham draw. Uh, but let's go over to Bloomers. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Always looking sharp as ever. How are you? All good, thank you. And nice to see everyone on uh, Tuesday night for what is a rare foray to Portman Road for me these days. Uh, frustrating game. Um, but, you know, we'll talk about that in a bit. And look forward to Saturday because... At the end of the day, the table is very bunched up at the moment and there are points there to be taken and there'll be teams that slip up in front of us. So, be a good show today. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, mate. A lot of content to bring you on today's pod. Um, let us know where you're listening to this to. I'm sure, hopefully, hopefully, a lot of you guys are listening to this on your way up to Morecambe. So, safe journey. But um, the final man joining us this week is David, who called Joe Pigger a plank. Um, how are you, David? I'm, I'm fine, and, and, and I, I may be moderating things slightly in once you're dis, sort of less less passionate afterwards, but I still maintain that a bollard would be better up front than he would. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm thawing out after sleep, hail, pestilence, locusts, disease. Um, sort of just, yeah. I was up ladders pruning fruit trees while the hail hit me. I wasn't happy. I swore. I, you can't believe that, I know. But. Unbelievable. Um, if, if listeners don't know this already, David is a gardener, uh, so he's out in the elements um, every day, and um, I'm, I'm sure you're looking forward to the summer, the beautiful sunshine and the nice weather. I know that can be... When you it, can it's it's, it's the, 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 the very hottest part, Yeah, slight tangent from football, the very hottest part, so the J July bit when it's sort of 30, 35 degrees, Absolute bunch of arse there because you you sort of with grounds baked solid, so it's, it's like trying to weed concrete. But also you just sweat buckets, and I forget to drink water, and then I end up getting a headache halfway through the afternoon. Um, so that little bit of the summer, great for sitting in France, not so good for gardening. But equally, this time of year, just get in the bin. Frankly, I, I, spring, early summer, great. September, October, great. January, February, piss off. Forgetting to uh, forgetting to drink water and then regretting and having a headache most of the afternoon sounds like most of my Saturdays, to be honest, after watching Ipswich. So. That is true. Well, that is I, true. Had that, I had that on a Sunday, but that has nothing to do with water. That has an excess of gin. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, 
All right, enough of that. I know we're trying our best to stay away from the nil-nil draw, although the first half wasn't too bad. But um, let's expand. Let's recap on the goal of with Cheltenham. Boring, boring Cheltenham was the chant. Uh, Chris, your thoughts on the game? You're on game day, but a chance now to add more thoughts to it. Yeah, again, it was just... <clears throat> you get them games, just frustrating. I mean, if we score after five minutes, to quote someone, there's going to be a shower of goals, you know? Ross? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, you had yeah, to do it, didn't you? Of course I did. It's just it's just one of them like with so many chances. First 25 minutes, we were brilliant. Best I've seen us play for a long time. We have been playing well under McKenna. But I said that Walton's had really one crucial save to make. The back three have done their job. Um bit disappointed Thompson. He wasn't really attacking that much. He sort of get to the halfway line, stop, turn back. Carroll had a good first, sorry, good first like 30 minutes. Then he sort of faded. Morsi, he didn't seem to run forward as much as he can. I think it's because he's obviously not playing with Evans. Obviously, we'll cover that a bit later. Then um, Selena done all right. And then Chaplin Jackson just didn't really figure that much, to be honest. But so overall, you know, getting early goals is a different game. But unfortunately, we didn't get it. And it just got more frustrating. Cheltenham started winding the clock down, which teams are going to do in this league. Not sound arrogant. We're a big fish in this league, and they're going to come to Portman Road, try and weather the storm, then get a draw, and that's what they did. I mean, at the end was a joke where the bloke went down at the other at the Sir Ralph Ramsey stand end. Then he held his knee, his thigh, his leg, his arm, his head. <laughs> Just like late in playing for time, but yeah, overall bloody frustrating. That is the word. I think that will be the the word on the podcast. Is that it was frustrating and um, bloomers. It was just that. Um, as I said. Decent first 30 minutes. And if Wes Burns scored that goal, that chance in the fifth minute, it would have showered goals, as I said, on the main pod. Um, but expand on your thoughts, my friend. Uh, muted mic, mate. Oh, I've tried so hard all season not to do that. <laughs> also ruined my joke, so we'll leave that until uh, until later. Um, okay. So it's a bit of a weird one, really. Because um, I feel like in a parallel universe somewhere in the outer cosmos, um, the Tuesday's game was what Burton's game could have been Saturday. As in, if we hadn't scored in the first minute against Burton, there's every chance that could have happened then. And so the difference was getting the early goal just creates a completely different game. I know that Burton um, didn't seem that rattled in the sort of midsection of the first half and they continued to play the way they did and, and looked quite threatening. And then we kind of pulled away in the second half and whatever, but, I could easily see that have happened on Saturday. The truth is, it's probably somewhere in between. Obviously, not every game you're going to score in the first minute, but then also not every game you're going to you're going to have what we did on Tuesday night. And it, and it was quite obviously disappointing. I was in a in a rare vantage point, actually sitting in the upper cobbled, so I was bang on halfway, and it was an interesting uh, experience watching a game at Portland Road, kind of where you know the best seats in the house, quote unquote. And what frustrated me the most is that there just didn't seem to be any kind of connection between midfield and and and, and the forwards. And um, the, the players that you'd expect to have d doing that kind of carrying work in between were kind of very ineffectual, really. Pigger, oh, I'm sure David will, will, will um, continue to Pigger chat. That's not me, you know, having a, having a go at him or whatever, because at the end of the day, he's, um, he, he's not... Effective, but when, well, yeah, yeah, well, choose your words. Not effective, not a striker. 
if you're going to play a different way, you might get more out of him, but we're not playing a way that's going to make him any kind of effective. So why play him? It is what I would say. Um, that's not to, to critique Piggott as much as just say, if you don't think you're going to play the way that's going to get the most out of him, then it's a waste of a spot on the field. That's probably quite a harsh thing to say, but at the end of the day, we've got a, an abundance of strikers to choose from. Whether they're any good or not is a different uh, a different question, but I wouldn't be choosing Pigger ahead of some of the others that we've got the way that we're going to play. Um, I don't really have a problem with Joel. It's not like the Oxford game. The Oxford game felt a lot more frustrating to me, but for whatever reason, I, I kind of expected this from Cheltenham and I don't really have an issue with it. I do have an issue with it being that a point's not going to change their season, so I don't know why they're celebrating like they won the Champions League final, but you know, a point away from home uh, at Ipswich is a, is a good point for them. I have no issues with them going for that because it's it's a good result and, and it's down to us as a home team to break them down and, and it just didn't happen and it's frustrating, but at the end of the day, the weekend's going to come and there's going to be teams sort of playing each other uh, towards the top end of League One and they'll drop points. But now you're you're really in the sort of last, even if you weren't before, you're in the last chance saloon where you've got to win on Saturday and, and anything other than a win won't do. Because every single time that you don't do that, you put yourself behind the eight ball more and more. And this is just a continuation of what I spoke about on Tuesday night. Nothing, uh, that's not to do with McKenna, the section of pig it might be, but the, what's to do with McKenna is the fact that he's already got, what, 20, uh, 25 points from 11 games. I might be wrong there, but I think it's 25. And that's going to be enough to get you in the playoffs come the end of the season over the full season. The issue is with the manager before him putting him behind the eight ball and that he's got to do all this. So I don't have an issue with McKenna in, in that respect. And it's one of those frustrating games. But the problem is the way that we're in that position where you've got to win every game, thanks to the, the, the person before him who's fucked it up. Oh, sorry, language. Bleed that out, Ross. Uh, eight minutes, 58 into the recording. You can bleep that out. Um, yeah, the issue is because of him, McKenna's in this position where you've got to win every game. And that might be unfair on him, but that's just the cold light of day. So, yeah, in, in a microcosm, it's not that bad a result. But... In the long scheme of things, com- compared to where we want to be, it's it's a real derailer. So that's what I've got to say. All right, then. Well said as ever. Um, David, over to you. The floor is yours to expand on what you said on game day. You were very passionate. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say ran. It was just one of those days where you're just frustrated seeing a goalless draw. No, I, um, I, I, was, I was super angry for a very yeah. long time after that. Um, and then, and I've, I've got immense amounts of grief for, um, on Twitter for saying that Piggott and... Uh, oh, no, actually, to be fair, I got grief after Saturday for saying Piggott's a plank. Nobody gave me grief this time. All of those people who were defending him after the Bur- Burton game suddenly have gone very, very quiet. It's a bit like all the people who gave me grief for wanting Cook out. They've all suddenly gone quiet as well. Don't know, I can't understand why on either count. Um, no, they were, they, were, they were all defending um, Carol, who, for some obscure reason remains um it seems a popular character for midfield um i've got choices in my masters who i'd rather have in midfield there there are reasons i i went into the game and i'm i don't like carol as a player and so everybody around me was taking the piss because carol was playing and um they kept pointing out anything he did which was good which was fair you know, because I do, I, I, I'm not, not, not a fan. 
And I went out of my way to try and watch him with a positive view, looking specifically for things that he did right. In the first 35 minutes, I had to hold my hands up because the first half hour, he played well. And he didn't do the things that I find so frustrating, which is he is negative. Everything goes sideways. He plays deep. He barely crosses the halfway line and he always plays sideways. The last home game he played in, he had a beautiful pass on out wide. Somebody bombing on down the left, left, left hand side. And he, he just cut straight back into the centre of midfield. And that's always his default. First 35 minutes on Tuesday, he didn't do that. He was pushing passes forward. And we played really well. You know, I, I concur with what was said before. I think it was one of the best performances of the season up that thir first 35 minutes. He got knocked off the ball around that point. And he's so easily knocked off the ball. He's so lightweight. And at that point, he withdrew into his shell and disappeared. And everything he did was sideways and backwards. And he was really deep. And that's around the same time we started to lose our way. And I think that's what made me so angry after the game. It wasn't Cheltenham. Um, teams come along and they'll park the bus. They'll do that and they'll celebrate getting a nil-nil draw in League One. Um, because, frankly, they're a tin-pot, Mickey Mouse, piss-poor club with no supporters and no history. Um, so, yeah, cool, great. Celebrate your nil-nil at Portman Road. Great, wonderful. I don't mind that. I have a problem with the referee not picking up on um, time-wasting. I was fully expecting the referee to book the goalkeeper for time-wasting in the 94th minute, having them done it for 20. Referees need to get a better grip on it rather than just doing that sort of whole roll-your-hands thing when they're changing the person who's taking a throw-in six times or changing the side that you're going to take the goal kick and, oh, no, I, I fancy this blade of grass instead. But I don't blame Cheltenham at all. Cheltenham came, they did... They got an away point in, you know, to quote somebody, every, you know, every point's a prisoner. And, you know, credit to Cheltenham for a good game plan. What we should have done is carried on what we're doing in the first half. We became increasingly ragged. We, if we'd have carried on playing like we did in the first 35 minutes, we would have ended up getting a goal. We stopped doing that. We started going long. And Wolfenden, I thought, had a really good game, but he bumped it long several times, except in the last five minutes for some obscure reason. Um, I thought McKenna, for the first time, got it wrong. And I think that there's two things he got wrong. One was effectively playing three false nines. Jackson's really effective pulling wide and getting those low crosses in from the corner of the penalty area. Selena's, as we know, really good with his ball at his feet. And Chaplin is... Uh, he snaffles goals far post. He does all of those things, but he's a hard worker. He's not striker striker. So he had no focus. Some of those balls across the box in that first 30 minutes, if you'd had Norwood or Bon in there, they would have poached those. But Jackson pulling wide, and suddenly you've got no one in there to put that chance away. So you, if you're playing whoever you've got there, you need to have somebody as a focal point who's going to stay in the middle. And... Then the substitutions, which left us with a weird, what was it, 5-1-4 thing going on at the end. And I just think that it, it was the wrong set of tactics and the wrong 
thing. And I, th- I think he just he just balls up on this this one. Um, the Vincent Young for Thompson, I thought was like for like. Vincent Young can't play left left side because he always cuts in on his right foot. Thompson isn't a defensive winger like Burns is. He's a defender who pushes forward, which is why he doesn't go past people. Uh, we haven't got the right personnel on that side. Um, whether it's Penny, whether it's um, Burn, whether it's Thompson, or whether it's Vincent Young, none of them can do what you need to do to have a flying attacking wing back. And they, I mean, they, this all comes down ultimately, like Bloomer said, to the idiot we had before, um, because. He signed random players, giving us a disjointed side. We've got nobody as understudy to um, Morsi. And on the other side, we've got a whole multitude of players who are much of a muchness. If you lose Evans, as we have, and I'm I'm a critic of Evans. I don't think he controls games particularly. But if you lose Evans, then you've got... I'm being harassed by a cat because I, I, I've stolen the cat's chair. Sorry, you are? You are? <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. I need a um, cat now. Have you got a cat, Chris? I've got two. I've got two, so I'll shut them out of the room. Get <laughs> out of the way. Yeah. We, we, we've, we've got a spare one on the settee with diarrhea, if you want. <laughs> I'll pass on that, mate. Uh, yeah, you keep that one. <laughs> Carry on. But we've got a disjointed side of the wrong, wrong set of players in the wrong places. And that... If we had a flying left back, properly flying left back, you wouldn't be so reliant on Burns. Equally, though, when a side comes to park the bus like Cheltenham, then Selina isn't the man to unlock things because he keeps the ball. One, he's selfish, but also he keeps the ball and he runs and they've got bank after bank and he tries to beat three or four different players. You need to have someone like Luco who's going to be deeper, who's open things up with a pass. And keeping Selina on played into their hands because he's going to try going past and past and past and there isn't the space to do that he's somebody who's going to do that if you're chasing if they're chasing a game and there's a bit bit of a gap there great but i, I just think that the tactics or the personnel in there were wrong and then collectively we got frustrated and started to lose sight of what we were doing well and started doing other things which were panicked rather than planned and that that's where my frustration came because that game was there for the taking. You know, I, sorry, I was just saying, sorry. you know when you, you know when you play football manager and well you know yeah. when you play football manager, David, <laughs> um, and you end up playing sort of starting off as standard or standard, and then yeah. after ten minutes going to positive, and then after at half time you realize you're not winning and you should be when you go attacking, then you go yeah. ultra attacking. That's what McKenna was doing, but if he ever if he had done the right tactical changes or before the game, we didn't put the right lineup out. He wouldn't have had to have done that, but he felt like he was chasing it as the game yeah. went on. As soon as after sort of thirty-five minutes, when for whatever reason we stopped doing what we were doing in the first half hour, thirty-five minutes. Yeah, and and part of that as well, you've got not having Carroll on the not having two midfielders there meant that Morsi was so isolated in that last twenty minutes. He was the the only presence, and he can't then drive forward because he's got to be back as well. And there are times, and you you know this from Football Manager, you sometimes throwing four strikers on and pushing it to ultra attacking actually compresses the space so you get fewer chances. Sometimes you need to pull back to draw a team out in order to find those gaps. 
you know, and that's what we need to do. We, we needed to sort of take somebody a little bit deeper, like bringing a Luca on for Selena, go a bit deeper and find the gaps in between the lines to let somebody else go, go free. And I, I just think that the for the first time, and I mean, every manager will make mistakes and, and stuff. And I'm, you know, I don't know whether McKenna will agree with me or not agree with me, but I'm sure he will have done all his post-match reviews, looked at that and gone, yeah, I could have done that different and so forth, as you will after a win. You know, he looked at Burton and gone, yeah, I could have made that better in that way because that's how you become a better in any any job, isn't it? So it, it's that's where my frustration comes. And it's added to, and I was thinking this because I was so vocal <laughs> and so angry. And I gave Car I gave Carol and um, Piggott twos and my match ratings, which um, and that was um, that was my anger, my passion, and all of those things. And I perhaps need to do match ratings not straight after a game. Um, and people have given me grief for that. I'll stand by the fact that they were shit. Maybe not two. Maybe maybe six. But they were shit. And it's. I've seen lots of nil-nils. I've seen lots of things in the championship which haven't made me as angry as this. And it's the same. A couple of games ago, we had a similar scenario where I think it was Gillingham where I came out and I was really cross. And a huge part of that is because this league is rubbish. In through three years we've been down, I've seen Peterborough the first season who were really good and Rotherham. The rest of it's dross. It really, really is dross. And if we are realistic, and frankly, and I, and I know that sixth is going to be good now because we had the imbecile in charge, but playoffs, and I said this before the season kicked off, way back in August, playoffs is a failure. Anything other than top two is a failure. And I maintain that this season, even if we make sixth, is going to have been a failure on account of the fact that this league is shit. That's why it makes me so cross that we can't beat somebody who is complete dross. Yeah, That's but, why I get yeah but I mean, at the end of the day, like analogy, if you go to a, a nightclub and you've got, uh, you know, premises of putting a 10 out of 10 girl, but then it gets out to like, I don't know, 4am and, and you still haven't done anything. And then you see sort of a six out of 10 and you think, okay, that's still a success. You know, that's the kind of way I look at the, at the league this year, because yes, I completely agree with you because we were all saying, I mean, the bookies who aren't normally wrong were saying that we were joint favourites. So if you don't uh, get those off the ambitions, it's going to be a failure. But at the end of the day, the position we're in, you still take six. Now, what about you, Chris? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're gonna. I think it's going to go down to the last day, and we're going to just miss out. Um, and that is, I mean, McKenna can go on an amazing run, and he will. You know, we, we've had a pretty amazing I mean, run. He has. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's had, and and but to maintain that when you've got some trickier games, you know, Rotherham away and things coming up, to maintain that, maintain that, maintain that, and expect other teams because other teams are dropping points at the moment. Sunderland are dropping a lot of points. Are they going to carry on doing that? They start picking up a few. We've got to make ground on those as well. I think that the gap was too big to start with. Yeah, it we said you, that in November. Yeah, it gives you no leeway. You were in my camp and wanting Cook out. Um, a minority, a minority. It was, a, it was a minority and we both got grief for it. And if we'd have got rid of him six weeks earlier, 
and McKenna had picked up eight points. I mean, not even the not even the rate of point collecting he's doing now of two points a game. If we got rid of him six weeks earlier and he picked up eight extra points, you know, Wigan would be in sight now. You know, yeah. and it, it's that we, we held on and held on. We should have got rid of Cook and appointed McKenna six weeks earlier. Yeah. And then I just, I just want to know what Chris thinks. Chris, what do you think? Like, because we say that we think that the top two should have been the target at the start of the season. Um, if we finish sixth now, obviously we'd be happy because of the position we're in, but would you still see that as a failure? considering what we had at the start of the season? Oh, definitely. Start of the season, you know, sign 19 new players. It's not as well, we've got the biggest budget in the league. That's why we're favourites. And we should have been, like, I agree, we should be top two. But as you say, under the last reign of Mr Cook, you know, it didn't start well. <clears throat> and I personally feel, I started asking questions myself a little bit. It was after the Bolton game, losing at home 5-2. Alarm bells should have been ringing then a little bit, but then you've got, always got to give... The bloke a chance. He signed 19 players. Personally, I thought he'd get into the, the season. Not that I wanted him in the, the season. I I thought that after the the, the pickup with the uh, Portsmouth and Wickham games, that he might have longer than he did. But then it's just soon reverted to type. And it was after I can't remember if it was David, but for me, it was after the Cambridge game. That was the game where yes. I realised that this is going to be this isn't the, the exception anymore. It's the norm no. of yeah, too- of throwing away things. Tune up. You know, you should see the game out, really. No disrespect to Cambridge, but you know, you tune up, see the goal for half time, then it was just a matter one. of it as well. Yeah, it was for me, it was before the Wickham game. I can't remember which game it was, it was before Wickham because then everyone was turning around to me and going, There you go, as you see, we've beaten Wickham. Now, 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 what do you think? And I was going, Well, my opinion hasn't changed because he, he's still doing the same things. That, that's that was my problem. Um. And the nonce, I, mean, I didn't like the transferring in the summer because we got overloaded in some places and not enough in others. I didn't think it was structured and organised, and I said that at the time. And when we signed Morsi, I was hugely critical of that because he was banging on about him because that was our, when Bolton, when we lost to Bolton, and he said, well, if once Morsi's in the side, that won't, that capitulation won't happen and he's going to transform us. He's 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 a good player, but he's not you know he's not Maradona, he's not Messi, he's not going to sort of transform the side in that way. I thought it was ridiculous. And if you are so desperate for a defensive midfielder who's going to hold it all together like that, he should have been right at the top of the shopping list in the summer, not on transfer deadline day. So that's the point when I started going. You don't know what you're talking about. I think it was the game before Wickham or two games before. It was around that point where I just went, no, he needs to go, which was way earlier than some people. Um, and I, I, I was having a conversation with somebody who still thinks we should have kept him insanely. Um, but, you know, some people would argue black is white, they? Just, so they, just so they don't be proved wrong. If, if Carol and Piggott turn around and become world beaters this, this, for the remainder of this season, you know, Carol plays three, four games, Finds his feet. Piggott comes in, proves to me he's he's not a poor man's Mitch Devray. Then um, you know, great, cool. Uh, I'll I'll hold my hands up and say I was wrong, but I can't see it myself. Okay, then, boys. Um, I've just been the nodding dog throughout that. I thought I'd just let you chat amongst yourselves. Um, if you're watching this on video, you've just been seeing me nodding my head. Um, but that was good what, chat. What, there, could guys. Be, what could be better to watch on a, 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 a Friday than Ross nodding his head? Yeah, it's the content we all want. 
Well, to be fair, I get told by a lot of people. I just they just watch me, just nod my head. I'm the nodding head person. I remember I was at um, Seg's wedding, and um, someone came up to me and went, "You're the nodding head man." You know, you just nod my head. Wait, so you, um, you can get those live wallpapers on your phone. That's what I've got on my on my phone. I've just got Ross nodding every time I open yeah, my phone. Yeah. Just, Why not? I need I need you to replace your meetings to just pretend that I'm there and just nod your head. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty much. I think that's just the, the go-to definitely on video calls now. That's what. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, fine. Um, but yeah, there we go. Any other notes from the game, or shall we move on to the Masters? One little note, uh, I, I sort of said earlier on, I was in the cobblestone, I was actually in block D of the cobble, thanks to the £10 members offers, and uh, I had a pie at half-time. They're not the pies that they have in, in anywhere else in the ground. It was this gigantic fist-sized thing that was uh, £4 and much tastier than any other pie I've had in the ground, so... Uh, well done, Ipswich, but shame on you for making it for the elitists because they don't. I, care. I was quite impressed in the North Stand. They've got vegan sausage rolls now because earlier in the season nice. they did. They had they, they didn't have anything like that, and I got served coffee for the first time this season because previously the queue has been ridiculous. So the catering has improved. Did you have one of the vegan yeah. sausage rolls? Pardon. Did you have one of the vegan sausage rolls? No, I'd eaten before I went down. I very rarely. I was going to ask how do they compare to the Greg's oh, ones no. because the Greg's ones are the standard that needs to be set to. We, need need to ask Bono. He's a connoisseur of a vegan uh, um, consumer. We know, we know if Bono's listening to this because we're going to find out if he messages us. If he has <laughs> a podcast, he won't, he won't message us. Message us but, right now, Bono. Yeah, message us right now. Uh, just say one one other thing, Ross, which is mm -hmm. during the game and and afterwards, I got very vocal and I got very cross and um Really? Really? Yeah. Very 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 cross, very, very vocal. And probably overstepped some boundaries in so you know, sort of in, in hurling abuse at, at, at players and things well, I know I, I, I overstepped boundaries um because I've I've been berating myself about it, but it's the same as the two out of ten. It, it's about that, and it, I mean the game day thing is is purely about your immediate reaction, isn't it? And then you can take a step back, and you and I hope that I'm being more measured now, although I'm more critical. And I think that that when people are commenting and discussing after a game, that's important to recognise is is that passion bit, and we've all got that opinion, and we can go in on it. But when you come out of a ground, you've you've got You've got you've got all that emotion, which is what makes good media. But it's also um, not not good if you're looking for common sense and rationality. And I wasn't rational. Um, so those people who stood around me who, who were putting up with my expletives on on Tuesday night, I do apologise. Yeah. See my <laughs> see my see my chart and away rant for uh, oh, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> it does happen. It does happen. I, I was getting very, very cross with them with their with their players feigning injury, and I was was suggesting that seeing if if they were going to go down pretending an injury, then perhaps we should just sort of cause them an injury, and then, then they would have something to cry about, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Which was perhaps not not entirely sort of a, a, a responsible thing to be encouraging, but um, which I've sort of regretted since. So I'm, I'm apologising for for being intemperate. Indeed. I don't want um, Chris, no, 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 definitely not. Um, uh, Chris, any other notes before we, we move on? No, the only thing I will pick up on, on I thought like the David talked about the play acting. In my opinion, when a player lays there, then the ref finally stops the game, bring the physio straight on. 
then he has to go off. They they, they, stop, the, they stop the game. The ref goes, are you all right? And he goes, yeah, I'm all right. Then eventually they get up. But if you bring the physio on, then they have to go off. Then they lost a player for that, you know. I, I think we should go further, Chris. I think that if if the physio comes on for, say, a minute, the player needs to go off for a minute. It needs to be the same length. You know, if they claim they've got a head injury and the physio comes on, well, you need to be properly assessed. That could be concussion. That's correct. Because they're gaming the system. Because mm. they're trying to protect people from head injuries, they're gaming it now. Oxford did it hugely. And I think that the only way you're going to do it is by by causing the, the side doing it inconvenience. And if you went off for three minutes because you had the physio in for three minutes, that's going to inconvenience them. Yeah. And it would stop. Yeah. So I agree with you. Something needs to be done. Last, last, last thing I'll say about this is that normally when you get games like this with play acting, whatever, normally you get the majority of or the minority of people saying, oh, the referees, this referees, that. Not one word about the referee. He was a very good referee on Tuesday night. Didn't put up with the play acting and also added on, I think, six or seven minutes at the end. So uh, well done, that ref. You're much better than them on Saturday, who oh. I uh, can't even begin to talk about. And and yeah, well, well done for having a common sense game. You probably you probably screwed up some club somewhere down the line, but on Tuesday night you didn't do anything too badly. So so well done you. You can hold your head up high unlike some other people. The the play acting thing annoys me regardless. It's not just against us. If you, you watch Match of the Day or something like that, and it's one of the reasons I hate the Premier League so much is because they're permanently rolling on the floor with because somebody whispered something rude to them and it's floored them. Um it, it just really, really from from the you know Danielson that time when he was kicked in the shin and went down clutching his head in the World Cup, yeah. Um, from from that that point onwards, it, it's just got worse and worse and worse, and it drives me insane. It really does. Okay, perfect way to end it there. Um, okay then. So as you're aware, on Monday it was announced that Master Football is back, and um, we mentioned it on the main pod. But I thought this is a great opportunity to have a section on it on town. Um, we found out it's actually six players and over the age of 35, so there's it opens up more players. Um, Chris, over to you. If you're watching on video, you'll see Chris's team below. But Chris, what is your team, and also your manager? And I've also meant the manager can be anybody. It doesn't need to be a former town manager. It can be one of the managers. Of a, a town player. Well, I'll go to the manager first. Shefki Kuchi. He's managed and like his work rate when he played, I'm sure he'd install that in the players, so to speak. And I absolutely love him. I mean, I think it was uh, oh, I can't remember the comedian's name done the swallow dive at half time. That was absolutely brilliant. Um, my goalkeeper is Kelvin Davis. Most people go for Richard Wright, maybe, but I love Kelvin, just another decent keeper. Strong, strong. Yeah. Fabian Wilness, just for the step over. I mean, you need a defender in there. And Fabian can get up and down the wing. My next one is Richard Naylor. Because he can play defence or he can play up front. So when you're attacking, he can run up front. Obviously, when run of the cross, he can come back. And he's got that little nasty streak in him, hasn't he? So he can get a bit stuck in. Um, next one is Jim Majilton. You've got Jim in there. Just his all-round skill, pass and shoot from anywhere. And obviously, my all-time favourite player, Matt Holland. I mean, I idolise that bloke. Absolutely love him. Obviously, when I was growing up, first on Ipswich, he was my more success, like under Burley. So, and obviously, he's just a midfield, box to box. And up front, I've gone for Pablo Cunhago because he could unlock any defence, in my opinion, and one of the most skillful strikers I've seen at the club in my time watching. And they'd win the Masters, full stop. That team. 
Definitely. Good good team. Um, over to you then, Bloomers. This is your team. Why have you picked these? Now, first of all, I'd like to say that I made this decision within two minutes of actually coming on. So uh, this, these might change, but uh, yeah, they're there now to see on the screen. So I'll, I'll go through it. Um, first of all, at the back, Richard Wright. Um, this is quite influenced by uh, players or, or, or people that have got sons currently being professional footballers, i.e. it's in your genes. You don't lose it. So therefore, Richard Wright, his son is a professional, well, Professionals are a generous term. Professional footballer for Fleetwood Town. So uh, get him in the six immediately. Second of all, uh, at the Masters, obviously, it's quite fluid six-a-side stuff. So you don't really need a big slogger centre-half back there. You're going to be looking for sort of quicker players who are defenders as well. So Jamie Clapham and Fabian Wernus on the left and right. You know, they played with each other before. Both have uh, got a beautiful eye. Um, both were obviously meeting the threshold of over 35 is quite comfortable, but also aren't in the age of the dinosaurs. So uh, that's why they're in there. And uh, Jamie Clapham also is a very underrated player in Ipswich Town, sort of late 90s, early 2000s as a stature, uh, in my personal opinion. So that's that's why he's there. Um, Matt Holland, for the same reason that Chris really has him, he's also my favourite player of all time. And uh, yeah, you can't not, not have him in there really, because, you know, captain, fantastic and all that. And it'd be nice to see him lift another pot of silverware uh, 22 years after the last one and then let's go all out attack screw it, it's the masters so uh let's reunite the 99 2000 uh, partnership of marcus stewart and david johnson stewart uh obviously the greatest player in our history and uh i mean that in the nicest possible way for uh anyone who was i don't know eight years old when uh 2000 hit and we won at wembley for the last time <laughs> the last time since then so obviously not the best player in our history david don't look at me like that it was uh it was uh oh, that's clearly glenn pennyfather it was facetious facetious and david johnson for the pure fact of why richard wright's in the team if you look at brennan right now for forest he is superb now david knows more about football manager than i do and he's probably in a deeper save than i am as well i can imagine brennan's probably going for a fair a fair penny right now in uh 2027 or whatever i was yeah yeah he is he, he, i'm he, i'm scouting him a lot at the moment um i'm just trying to work out whether or not i can just put him into the side but he is very good on football manager and he's good in reality obviously yeah he uh, is you saw you saw him yeah, against, sorry yeah, i was gonna say you saw him against leicester in the fa cup on bbc you know for a wider audience um he's clearly he's got, got, he's got gorgeous yeah. movement off the ball fantastic and, and he's a he's a he's a nottingham born and bred lad who's he's starring for the first team right now having come through the academy and then let's be honest that's what every team wants, someone like that. And uh, credit to Nottingham for getting uh, getting the most out of him. And then manager, I picked a, a manager for uh, the first team. Sorry, the manager that managed the first team uh, in the 21st century, Tony Mowbray. Um, I was just trying to think of of someone that I'd like to see from that time era that could sort of slot in there. I think Joe Royal might might be a bit too far gone now. And uh, there's no one else in the 21st century I really want to see in charge of Ipswich Town anymore, with the possible exception of Burley, who uh, obviously will always have a legend status. But uh, actually, I think the manager, I think I'd like the manager to be David, if I'm being perfectly honest. <laughs> not, not, not for the age, that's 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 ages, but just, you know, uh, we hear so much about his fantastic uh, tactical acumen and uh, the, what, what finer place to show it than to get a bunch of over 35s moving uh, in the indoor football. <laughs> We, we shall see 
<laughs> what, what we can do. Um, but yeah, good team, Bloomers. Very good team. Um, all right, then over to you, David. Um, hopefully you have some different names, although there is seems like there's a, a few names that are both in Chris and Bloomers' team. But take it away, my friend. There's there's one that's in all three of ours, which is Wilness, who's uh, turned up in I mean, everybody's. Um, I have, a, I have a, like two issues. The first of is I have a problem with it being over 35s because there's a whole load of players who are still playing at that age. You could put McGoldrick in there, as a, you know, but he's still playing. Um, you could put Daryl Murphy in there. There's a whole load of over 35s who are still playing. You could put your manager level. in there. Pardon? You could put your manager in there. Yes, you could. Um, that, that was My manager was put in specifically because of Ross. I'll, I'll tell you about that in a moment. But um, right, yeah, that's the other one is that there's a lot of players who, for Masters, I would, in that sort of thing, I would put in, like my, uh, like Bacon did um, the um, main pod where he was talking about uh, Walk and Burley and stuff. But I shied away from that because I thought they needed to still be able to run. But so it, it, it's slightly tempered. By the fact that my my actual master's side would probably be a, be slightly skewed older than this, um, I thought back at goalkeepers and um, it, it was going to be one of two, wasn't it? It was going to be Davis or Wright. Um, I went for Wright rather than Davis, but um, Thompson. I love Neil Thompson, one of my all time favourite players. The way in which he would move past because one of the things I love is a is somebody who's physical and fast. And Thompson didn't give ground. He wasn't, you know, he would tackle hard, he'd get forward, and he had an absolute thunderbolt of a shot on him. And that, I I adore that, is, you know, just blast it. None of this tippy-tappy passy stuff, just blast the bloody thing. And that, that's what I like. So Thompson one side, Willness, and again, no need for a big, this is six aside. you don't need a big, big hairy ass and a half in the middle. You've got pace and things they can defend and then get forward. So that's why Wilness is on the side. And he, he's a you know, beautiful right back, isn't he? Wasn't he? Um, Miller. Now, th this comes back to <laughs> the same problem. That we, we mentioned Mr. Carroll before. Tommy Miller is the epitome of what is I love about a midfielder. And you can say the same about Walker. And I, I was struggling during the week. Thinking, when, when was the last time? We had a midfielder who I properly loved, and it's Tommy Miller. Um, I like somebody who's going to arrive late in the box. I like somebody who's all energy, who runs and runs and runs and does not give up. Walk did it. Miller did it. We haven't had it for years. We've had sideways people. We've had people who, I mean, I admire Skews, but he's never going to excite you, is he? Um I'm sure he's absolutely lovely to have a barbecue with if your name's Luke Chambers, but he's not exciting you. And and I and I and I thought he was a very good player. But Tommy Miller's going to excite you and he's gonna hammer that ball forward and um you know he, he never say die, which is the same score penalties. score penalties as well. Yep. Sixto Peralta, one of my favorite short-lived players, absolutely beautiful pass of the ball. He's not going to be going sideways. You know, you've got Miller there hammering forward, box to box. You've got Peralta picking those passes out. And you've you've got um, a lovely little blend in there for that because Peralta had, had a beautiful range of passing. 
and bent just because he I, and I thought about Canago for the same reason Chris said you know his movement is amazing but he did have a tendency to disappear for a little while and I thought bent especially if you're looking at a, a side like this which is you know it's a shorter game all of those things you just want somebody who's got an instinct and bent is one of the most instinctive finishes I've seen around and I'd say the same about um, David Johnson I thought he was fantastic as well but Bent for me, just an instinctive finish. You you put him in in that six yard box in the penalty area, he's going to finish. And you know the, the ball's in from Wilness and Thompson and Peralta. Bent's going to finish them. And end of anything loose, Miller's picking up. I thought about Richard Naylor for manager. Um, he's a coach now, um, and he's got that will to win. I thought he was a limited player, um, a bit like Mitch Devray. He's limited, but he gave his everything. I thought about that because he's got the will to win. And then Ross said, you wouldn't want Luke Chambers in this six-a-side thing. I thought, well, actually, wouldn't you? But he hasn't got the movement because I don't want a hairy ass and a half. But as a manager, he's going to instill that will to win. And I think he was dealt with a shitty hand by our previous idiot. And I'd like to see him back involved with the club in some, some capacity. So, um Chambers is welcome back as manager. Guys, would you like to know the Ipswich Town Masters squad for 2004? Go ahead. Go for it. So uh, we, we won one, drew one, lost one in Coventry. Uh, the, the last I'm not sure it was the last time that we were in the Masters, but this came up on TWTD, so, so screw it. One of David's selections was in that squad, and there's no guesses for which one that was because there's a 15-year there's a age difference between him and the rest of them. Um, Johnson. Correct. So the the Issues Town Masters squad for, for 2004 was Lee Bracey, uh, Mick, Stock, Mick Stockwell, Neil Thompson, uh, Trevor Putney. I can't believe he was in it because God knows how old he'd have been then. Uh, Simon Milton, Jason Dazelle, Steve McGavin, who's the only one I don't know. David? He... Um, we signed him from Sudbury, I believe. Um, but he... he he was he actually played for the first team. Hey? I think he played for the first team. I think he played about two games. Okay. I think he's Brett McGavin's dad. Yeah, yeah, he is. Well, right, there yeah. you go then. And uh, and the last one, and this is one that everybody knows, Boncho Gwenchev. Oh, my oh, boy. <laughs> that was our that was our Masters team. We beat Leicester 5-2. Love Boncho. Uh, lost to Coventry 2-0 and drew with Norwich 2-2. When I was last in Lancaster, then um, coming home from nightclubs, you, it was, uh, Phil Hess and I used to charge around the streets of Lancaster singing the Boncho Genchev song <laughs> at 4am on our yeah. way back. Um, the, the people of Lancaster, we, we want that and um, he's here, he's there, he's ever fucking where Johnny Walk. So the yeah. people of Lancaster were regaled regularly, Boncho and Johnny Walk. That's up there. Of course, that is a great segue. Um, of course, our chat on Morecambe. We have got the strike though first, but yeah, I'm sure there'll be them Morecambe fans will be hearing a lot of different um, chants going up to Lancaster when we go up there. But um, let's go and give you a strike. Um, we have a new feature for the strike. It's not new. It's not unique. But it's um, who am I? Now I have three clues for You're you. Ross. And this, <laughs> yeah, the first clue is an umpty. Um, who is it? Me. Um, so, yeah, three clues. Um, if you get the first clue right, you get three points. If you get the second clue right, you get this, um, you get two points. And if you get 
the final clue right, you get one point. But if you guess wrong for the first, if you decide to go first go, then you're out. And if you get it wrong, um, so it, so the clue is on a current town player. Um, so this is the first clue on who it could be. Um, play at home. Um, if you're watching on video, you'll see it come up on the screen. But here we go. So who am I? Writing this down. You can if you want. I started my career at Birmingham City. I need to say Bristol City there for some reason. Um, so you can go if you want. If you all want to pass, we can go for the second clue. It's up to you. Do you want to guess? But then you risk being knocked out. But you do get three points. I'll give it a guess. I'm going to guess. Oh, yep. okay, Chris. You, okay. Sonia Luco. Oh, my God. He's got it right. <laughs> Would you have said that, David? No, I wasn't going to go that. Okay. Would you have said that, Bloomers? I didn't even have someone in mind. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll be honest. I was, lucky, I was lucky. I was playing football manager at the weekend. I had a little look at Aluko's career. Oh. And I started, so I'll be honest. I got lucky on that one. Okay. So Chris has got three points. I'm um, sorry to say, lads. Um, <laughs> this isn't a competitive quiz, is it? <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> okay. Uh, the second clue was I've played in the Premier League. So do you reckon you would have got that? No, like Tom, Tom, Tom Carroll would have been the other one, maybe. Um, and then the final, the final clue would have been my sister also played football. Of course, his oh, sister played football. I might, I might have quit then. But, I, I would have yeah. been better. I, I would have been closer on the second clue than the third one. Yeah, I think so. Okay, then. So three points. Chris is leading, but there's a chance for you guys to get back in it. So here is the first proper question. Uh, let me just get the answers up properly. Uh, on my phone before I fail for <laughs> you. Um, the first question is on J-Tab. It was his birthday this week. Good old J-Tab. Um, now, which shirt number did J-Tab wear for town? There is options if you need them. What is it? 12, 16, or 18? Just wait a second so everyone can think of their answer. You can write it down if you want or shout out for audio listeners. So I'll probably do the same if you can. Okay. I, 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 one of the, one of those three is absolutely exactly what I thought before you'd even say. I have that. no, oh, I have no, I have no pen and paper. All right, just, just, Hang say, on, just I'll, I'll, give, I'll write it on my phone. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> show me, but also tell me what it is, just for the audio listeners. Okay. Okay. So, you ready? No. Okay. Of course, play at home, ladies and gentlemen. Let's know how you get on. J Tab, which oh, uh, shirt did he wear? I'm going to left sided midfielder who worked. Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Louise, you go first then. You go first. All right. Okay. 18. Okay. Chris? 18, if you can see that. Yep. David? 18. It is 18. So, point each for everyone. Chris, of course, still in lead with four. <laughs> Um, but there's an opportunity for question two. Um, whoever gets it bang on, they get they get three points. But if you just get it, you just get one point. If you get whoever's the closest. So Adam Armstrong also celebrated his birthday this week. Um, how many goals did he score in 94 games for Town? So there's no options. You just got to get the closest to the correct answer. And if you get a bang on, as I said, you get three points. A chance to catch Chris up. So how many goals? Of course, he scored that famous goal against Inter Milan. Um, I'm trying to think of some other goals he scored. I think he scored twice <laughs> against Inter That's giving um, it away. <laughs> no, it hasn't. It hasn't. Um, I was very young when he played for us. Um, I'm sure probably 
YouTube. I mean, Ross, Ross, Ross. I, I remember sitting there in that uh, Airbnb in Gateshead watching the 2001-2002 yeah. season review DVD. That's uh, good. And he popped up quite a few times on there. So There we go then. That's good fun watching that. Don't know why we decided to watch that. I just feel like we just we're town fans and we just fancy putting something random on the TV and that was, is what we probably, found. It was probably it was probably James. Yeah, James. Yeah. It, it, good good afternoon, James, if you're listening. Yes, I'm sure he is. All right then. Whenever you're ready, shout out. Well, actually, we'll start with Chris because he is in the lead. So Chris, over to you. What what have you gone for? I've gone for 21. 21. Okay. Bloomers? 23. 23, okay. David? Weirdly, I toyed with going for 23, but I went for 21. Ooh, so both Chris and David have gone for 21. Bloom has gone for 23. The correct answer is 19. So a point for Chris, a point for David. Um, So Chris is still leading the way. But um, Bloomers currently is bottom, but it is, doesn't matter, mate. Doesn't matter. Um, okay, now this is the final question, but we do have a tiebreaker. We'll bring it in anyway. Um, and once again, if you get this bang on, you do get three points. So Dave's got a chance to steal this possibly at the end. Um, Bloomers just play, still play. Um, Morecambe have a former town player in their ranks. I've actually got two former town players in their ranks, but one player is. Well, I don't know why I decided to use this question because I've got to now trying to pronounce his name, Tumani. Digararaga, whatever you call it. <laughs> How many games did he play for town during his loan spell in 2017? Tamani Digararaga. Is that how you say it? You okay Diags. Diags is what we used to nickname him. Diags. Yeah. I, I actually, I, I liked him actually as a player. I think he's done really well at Walkham. So yeah, how many games did he play during his loan spell? Of course, on loan from Leeds, I think he was. Uh, 2017. How many games? Yeah, Once again, if you get bang on, you get double the points. Okay, Chris, over to you first. I've gone for six. Six. Ooh. Okay. Bloomers? 13. Okay. David? Six. Six. <laughs> Telepathic. It is pretty much. Um, someone was so close, so close, and that someone is Bloomers. It's 12. Oh, so he gets a point. So Chris has won, but we will do a tiebreaker. And um, it's up to you, Chris, if you want yeah. to gamble go it. All in. Gamble it. Oh, I've got a gamble. Got a gamble. Got a gamble. Now, it's going to be a tricky gamble because I don't know if someone's actually going to get this dead on, really, because it is what is the cap- capacity of the Masuma Stadium, aka Morgan Stadium. Um, no I don't know if anybody's actually going to get it bang on. So I don't know how we should work, how we should work it out. Uh, maybe if you get so close, you win it. It's up to you, Chris, if you want to gamble. Yeah, I'll gamble. Um, you gamble. So if you get very close, very close, then you, you win. But if you don't get anywhere close, then it doesn't matter. But um, you have a little think. Morecambe, Mazuma Stadium. Um, this will, of course, be our first ever visit there as a, as a club. Because I think we've been to Morecambe before, back in 2001, but it was at old ground. Um, so, yeah. What was the name of the old ground, uh, Ross? Christie Park. Oh, well done. I didn't think you get that. It's on, I've got it on Wikipedia. That's probably why. <laughs> it's right in front of me. So I was getting the answer. No Googling. No Googling. That's yeah. when um, Matteo Sereni decided, I, I don't want to play in this game, wasn't it? Was yeah. Right. yeah. Was right. no, I, 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 can I be rested for this? And then then um, after that, then he was he didn't come back in because that's not how it works over here, is it? Yeah. Wasn't that the game that your boy Prelter scored in as well? No, it's Dagenham. It was. That's Dagenham. Oh, Dagenham. Yeah, 
It was um. Were they in the same nil... season? Were they? Oh, I didn't realise that. Well, maybe that was the season before, because of course we're in the Premier League two years, weren't we? Um, but I know we Morecambe was a three 0 win. It was um, Armstrong, Stewart, and Jermaine Wright was scored because that was going to be another question for this pod. But then I decided that it's a bit of a boring pod. Who oh, was that? That, that, was that, that, that Dagenham game was the uh, second ever away game that I ever went to, and coins got thrown us. Great, great times. Great times. Okay then. Well, let's get right into it then. Let's start off with Chris as he is in the lead and his chance of him to gamble. What, what are you going for? Six thousand eight hundred. Oh, okay. Bloomers? Six three three three. Ooh. David? Eight six five oh. Well, David's completely wrong, so um it's he's uh <laughs> he's out of it. Now the correct answer is six thousand four hundred and seventy-six. Now that was very close to Bloomers. Do we give it Are you happy for him to give it, Chris? Yeah, I, think, I, think we'll, I think we'll uh, I think we'll do what they used to do in the charity shield and we'll, we'll share it. Share it, yeah. Yeah. Fair back, in the old, or, back in the old days. Can you imagine them sharing the charity shield these days, by the way? Foreign concept to younger people, sharing the trophy. Yeah. Madness. I mean, it's, it's probably for the better, not the worse, but still. No. Can I say, it still should be the ch- charity shield, not the community shield or anything else like oh, that. It should yeah. be the charity yeah. shield. Indeed. Indeed. Don't we me, like lose? me showing my age. Yeah, <laughs> did we like lose like six nil against Forest after we won the FA Cup? I think we played Forest. I think we lost like six nil. David, not... <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't interested in football then. I hated football when we were good. <laughs> we, we, won't, we won't go into that. That's, that's a long I can story. See a, hang, on, hang on, I can see a common theme here. Then yeah, I started watching football at the end of Bobby Ferguson's time, so '86. Oh, I started. Fair play, fair play. Um, little, little, little story there for, for David. Um, we've, we've got to know you a lot on this podcast, David. You know what you do is a job, <laughs> and other bits and bobs. Calling Joe Pigger uh, less than a bollard. Um, but let's um go and talk about Morecambe this weekend. A long trip up to Morecambe. Um, of course, Scott Derek Adams now in charge. His second spell, of course, got him promoted last year to League One for the first time in their history. Then he decided to go to Bradford City. He's been sacked and now he's back. Of course, Stephen Robertson left and gone to St Mirren in Scotland. And um, this will be an interesting trip. Um, Chris, how are you feeling going into this one? Your prediction as well? Um, I'm still quite confident. If we play the way I know we can play, and we have been playing like the first, I say, first 20 minutes, sorry, 30 minutes against uh, Cheltenham and mainly the second half against Burton, we're in a good chance because their last six games, they've lost three, drawn three. I know you've got the thing of the new manager bounce, but I think we'll go there and we'll win 2-0. I still think we'll keep a clean sheet because like the back three have done an amazing job. Walton's, like I say, he's, he's too good for this league, that keeper, in my opinion. He should be a top six championship keeper. But yeah, I think we'll keep a clean sheet and we'll win 2-0 and we'll start get back on the wall. Still undefeated, but we'll, like, we'll get back on the roll again, if that makes sense. Definitely. Um, we now got over the hour mark on the podcast, so we are going to try to wrap it up because I know this, I think it's a good length for someone's trip up to Morecambe. I know it's like a five-hour journey, but just to get them on their way. It's like, what do you think? Are they going to play this twice or something? Are they? Yeah. Have a repeat. We're going, we're going to listen to this to Cambridge. Then it's like a, 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 a nice little pasty at Cambridge, then put it back yeah. on. 
Yeah. M6 stop, stop off yeah. just the other side of Birmingham, and then they can put back on again. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of people like Dazzo, who's only got a, a short trip. It's still a little bit of a trip for him. He lives in Chester. All, all the time, there's a sat nav's got a little picture of Ross going. Yeah, nodding, nodding, <laughs> nodding. Yeah, not, still not here, still not here, still a while away. But um, anyway, Bloomers, uh, how are you feeling going into this one and your prediction, my friend? Uh, this is going to be one of those rare times where not only am I not going to be watching the game, I'm also not even going to be following the game because I'm going to be with some friends. So um, I'm going to be completely in the dark for this, which is probably for the best because um, on previous occasions I've done that with one. Uh, but Morecambe are sort of a weird team that started off really well at the start of the season. They've kind of tailed off to become what you might have expected them to become. And that's no disrespect to them because if they finish 20th in League One this season, that's a fantastic achievement for them. Their main source of goals, Cole Stockton, has only got one in six um, in his most recent games. So and he's got... yeah. So he's... <laughs> Brad's well, already said he's going to score to the Yeah, I mean, okay, he's on he's on 21 goals this season. I believe he scored two goals in our first game of the season. So he's obviously the most... Me uh, nodding I again, think, just nodding. Well, he's also <laughs> the most proficient goal threat. But, look, at the end of the day, if you want to become a top six side, you have to win these games. There's no ifs, ands or buts about it. It's very black and white. It's very easy. If you don't win this game, we don't deserve to win the top six. If you win this game... This is where you get those points to become a top six side. So, you know, down to McKenna and the team to to put out the result. Because I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think it's going to be enjoyable, uh, apart from the people that go. Because for all intents and purposes, Morecambe's a lovely town and uh, some lovely pubs and lovely hospitality. But uh, that's only from what people from Morecambe have told me. <laughs> so, so, so you can uh, release your eyebrows, David, because I've never actually been there. Uh, I do have a friend. Well, I went to university up there. Just... Okay. <laughs> yes, well. Uh, I mean, I, I, I will go at some point. Maybe, maybe it'll be next season when we're both in League One. Let's let's hope not. Fingers, fingers are there. I, I do think it'll be one-one because I always back one-one for the draws uh, away from home in games like this. I, I think that so long as that we get the team selection right, there should be chances for us. It might be. It's such a cliche to say difficult conditions, but it could be. I mean, the weather that we've had in the last few days isn't going to make it, you know, spectacular for football. We did all right on the on the game against Burton where the conditions weren't the best, although the pitch was fine. So it, it, it's down to us to, to take the initiative, really, and we'll find out whether they do or not about 15 minutes into the game because there's, there's a part of me that says, OK, you know, do what we did against Burton or even Cheltenham, get on the front foot, maybe get the early goal and control it. There's also a part of me that says after 15 minutes, all of a sudden things aren't working and we get stuck in a rut and we get found out, which is what happened against Sheffield Wednesday. And I know that there's a level there between Sheffield Wednesday and Morecambe, but Morecambe are fighting for their lives. So it's not going to be easy. I'll go 1-1 one, one and I'll go, I think an unusual score will happen, maybe Fridge from a corner. Because actually, our corners have been absolutely pants recently. Mm. Not so much the delivery on certain occasions, but the threat coming from them has been uh, less than poor. Someone can think of a synonym worse than poor. So I'm hoping that, that that gets addressed because it's something that's been noticeable for me in the last few games. And when your forwards aren't firing the way that they should be or could be, you need to find some goals from someplace else and set pieces 
you know, five or six years ago under McCarthy and, and, and such, were the way that we would get the goals. But for whatever reason, that's not been happening recently. But I do think that we'll get an, an unusual goal scorer and we'll come up with at least, at least a point. But time will tell. Indeed. Um, and then over to you then, David, to finally wrap it up. Um, how are you feeling going? So, one, of course, you're doing a nice little weekend away back into your, your roots when you were, as I said, you were there um, when you went to university. I'm sure you're looking forward to that weekend, but um, what your prediction as well? Um, I predict drunkenness. Um, I predict beers. Um, very nice pubs in Lancaster. Morecambe, I believe, spend a lot of money on. Uh, and there's a new... Um, Eden project opening up there in a couple of years' time. They're spending a lot of money on a, an Eden project, the same as the one in Cornwall, which sounds excellent. So Morecambe may well be completely different to how it was last time I was there, which is, in, in Morecambe terms, it's best part of 30 years since I was last in Morecambe. Um, <laughs> I'm sure lots happened since then. <laughs> yeah, pr probably for the better, I don't know. But when I was there 30 years ago, it, it was sort of a poor man's Blackpool. Um, but without the with, without without the good taste, um, Frontierland was the uh, amusement park, which just looked grim. Anyway, I'm am I looking forward to? I, I was I have been looking forward to the game itself, and I'm looking forward to the weekend because I'm looking forward to going to Lancaster and seeing some old friends and drinking some new beer. But. Um, the game I was looking forward to, I've, I've got some more trepidation than I had before because because of Tuesday night, because I don't rate Carroll, because of Piggott and so on. Um, I think that Morecambe will work hard. They'll huff and they'll puff. They'll get people behind the ball. Um, I imagine it'll be quite a windswept game. You know, there's not much protection out in the bay. So, but ultimately, I think that, like, I mean, like it's been said, if, if you've got pretensions to be a top six side, if you've got pretensions to actually be a top two side who just happens to be not in the top two because circumstance, which is where we should be. And that's, I mean, I like the fact that McKenna said, well, I didn't want a point. I wasn't settling for point. I wanted to win. And I like that. And I think that we'll have the same attitude on Tuesday, on Saturday, sorry. So I'm going to go for my three nil because I think that we're better than them. If we get it right, we take the chances. It, on Tuesday, if Burns, and you put your money on Burns, putting one of those two would away, wouldn't you? Given his nine this season. If the ball had come in at a different pace, you know, there are so many ifs and buts. We could have been five up in the first half hour. You transfer that across to Morecambe, who aren't any great shakes. You know, they'll work hard and they'll be honest and they'll do all of those things, but we should just be better than them. So I'm going for my standard 3-0 um, to grease the, grease the pints of Jennings at the John O'Gaunt later in the day. Sounds good. Sounds good. Hope, oh, I'm hoping for a 3-0. I've gone for a 2-1. Um, I think Morecambe will just sneak a goal somewhere. Um, and hopefully it isn't a draw, Bloom has said. Um, but of course, we all predicted for a win on the Prediction League on Tuesday. We all predicted for a win. And um, yeah, we got a 0-0 draw. Um, so hopefully there'll be a mixed bag of um, predictions. Um, Chris, you're going to be newly to the Prediction League. Um, of course, currently Mark is top of the table. Um, David, you're rocked up. A little bit more further recently because, of course, you got four points after the Burton 3 0 win. So that I'm just um, sit sitting in mid table. It's because I'm wildly so, optimistic. I predict too many 3 0s. Three Reels yeah. comes along with two ones and one ones and this, uh, this nonsense and occasionally even predict defeat. I think, yeah, I think despite my dis uh, sort of thing with Cook, I think I've only predicted one defeat all season. Um, but yeah, which, 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 game, I think which was game was that of interest? Rotherham, Rotherham. 
Yeah. Yeah. Apart from that, I don't think I, I think I've done one defeat and two draws I've predicted this season, which is why I'm mid table and I, and I always go for three, four, five nil because I'm an optimist. I'll rant afterwards, but I'm wildly optimistic before. <laughs> yeah, as always, as always. Uh, well, it's been a pleasure, gentlemen, once again, for joining me on the Fan Social. Any other business before we wrap up? Chris, over to you, your debut. You've enjoyed it? Yeah, loved it. Obviously, I've spoke a lot more than we do on game day. I mean, game day, it's like 30 seconds, I'm done. And I'm not like... <laughs> and then after I've started walking like, away... you have been able to speak even more. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Always happy to listen to you, David. Always happy. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Bloomers, any other notes, any other business before we make a leave? No, nah, not ready to do with Ipswich, although I would give a, a Netflix recommendation because uh, I'm, I'm, I have a commute to work in the morning and I don't have much to do. Go and watch the Cuphead show on Netflix. If you're a, if you're a big kid like me and you love the uh, 1920s-30s animation style of Tom and Jerry and Max Fleischer cartoons of our youth, then uh, this, this, this will be for you. And if you've got any young um siblings or or children or even grandchildren make sure they get into watch this because uh i got put onto it by my cousin actually who uh is even more of a video game there than i am and uh if, for those of you who watch the video and then actually realize all of this over here is video games um but this one passed me by uh it's a game called cuphead uh, that was released a few years ago and it was based on like old school 20s cartoons and basically, it's a TV show that's done off those a few um, animated cartoon 30-minute style shorts. And they're fantastic. And they are funny. And they are anything on par with Pixar and the like. And they're all on Netflix. And they're free if you've got a subscription or you're, you're, you're skagging off some subscription who you know, because that's what most of us do with Netflix. So so you might go, go and watch the, the Cuphead show, because um, it's the best thing I've watched on TV in 2022 which admittedly isn't much in 51 days, but there we go. There we go. And David, over to you. Any other business? No, I'll go, go back to my football manager. And uh, I, I'm, in, I'm enjoying the interaction on Twitter about football manager as well. So if uh, any, anybody's got thoughts of what I post up there, Twitter on um, football manager, feel free. Oh, that's a beautiful goal. Yes, I've just scored. <laughs> Lyndon Whiteside, 19. Glorious attacking midfielder. That's what you want. He just. Ah, oh, I believe I believe one of the kings of Anglia uh, members in the chat had a song about him that was made. Yes. Yeah. That, uh, that we still sing to the tune of Mr. Yep. Brightside. If anyone's wondering. Yep. Yep. That's that's the one. I, I I need I need to record that sometime, don't I? But yeah, he's he's just scored uh, from the just the corner of the penalty area just a curled one to put us one nil up against liverpool he's uh he's coming out of his cage and he's playing sublime yep <laughs> anyway um enough of that <laughs> it's not it's been another great fat social chris bloomers david thanks for joining me um of course if you want to get involved in future game days the future of fan socials get in contact with me at ross mini uk on twitter of course follow us on all our socials um as you can see on the screen. Also at Kings of Anglia on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and also YouTube. That's where all our content go. And uh, say trip to Morecambe if you're going, if you're driving right now to Morecambe. Hello. And, uh, well, goodbye as well, because we're about to leave you. Yeah? But there we go. Um, and don't if you aren't crash. going to the game, don't crash. Don't crash. <laughs> but, um, of course, um, if you aren't going to the game, follow the game of us on all um, our websites and also watching Game Day and Andy and Stu's React. Um, I'm going to shut up now because I'm rambling as ever with the outro. Um, of course, sponsor um, um, support our sponsors at manscaped.com. Use the code KOA. 
um, at uh, amazgoat.com to get 20% off and free delivery. I'm going to go now. Goodbye from the nodding dog, Ross. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.